0: beautiful choir thank you what a wonderful wonderful song that leads right in to worship this morning thank you so much choir for that well i didn't have this plan to say but let me ask us has the cross made a difference in your life have you ever thought about There not ever being a cross in where we would be today. Well, we'll wrap up our little mini series on worship, the way worshipers worship. And for the last two Sundays, we've talked about um, one Sunday, we looked at the presence of worship. Last week, we looked at the preparation of worship. And today, under God's leading, I I ask that you allow the Holy Spirit to speak directly to us individually and corporately about the call to worship. The call to worship. I had another text in mind, and God led me to a different one, and it's Psalm one hundred. And I know what many of you are saying, well, preacher, that's um, a psalm that you need to preach during Thanksgiving. That's a Thanksgiving psalm. And yes, you're right, it is. But I also want us to see this morning that it is a psalm of daily thanks, living, and worship. Psalm 100 reads this way. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures to all generations. The Word of the Lord. God, we thank You for Your Word today. A passage of scripture that probably all of us in this building today has heard, has read, has studied, possibly even memorized. But Lord, your word never, ever gets old. There's always something new that we can learn from it. And I pray, God, that this very day, each one of us here today... We'll learn something new, some new insight in this scripture today. We pray in your name. Amen. I ask, are there any sports fans here today? You don't have to raise your hand, but as I look around, I I know that there are some sports fans here today. So I ask who might be your favorite team. Is it a football team, a, a basketball team, a baseball team? And, and if you're like me, you you love to see a great play. And not only that, you, you get somewhat excited about it. Maybe a great catch in football or baseball, a great shot or a great pass in basketball. And I know that the vast majority of you folks here today are Gamecock fans. So we'll talk about the Gamecocks just for a moment. And some of you here follow the Gamecocks, whether it be basketball or baseball or or football. And and you can't wait to get to see them play. You get all excited about it. What about you non-sports fans? There are other things that you get excited about. But here's the bottom line. As I thought about that this week, there's no hiding our excitement. Think about it. Think about it. There's no hiding our excitement. But here's the question I believe that is before us today. And it's this. Are we excited about God? Are we excited about His Son, Jesus Christ Now don't get me wrong, I think it's a good thing to to shout and to get excited about our favorite team. uh, uh, To support our favorite team. To to talk about how, how great they are. But can I put that in a spiritual realm just for a moment? As Christians, won't you agree that we're called to give more devotion, more dedication to the Lord? Than our favorite athletic team. I think we'll agree with that. It's quite obvious from, from God's word this morning. That Christians. Those of us who are in the family of God. Are called to worship the Lord. And see, God doesn't just say, okay, worship me. You know what he does for us? He holds our hand and he walks us through it. He tells us and shows us how to do just that. The beauty of having a heavenly father. Moms and dads, can't you remember, and some of you still doing it, how you had to hold your son or daughter's hand and walk them through a particular thing? Now, think about the parents to be and Heather and Andrew, and and that's the same thing that they will be doing. And you take them by the hand and and you lead them and you walk through it with them. And that's what God is showing us this morning in this Psalm. I want to go through this quickly. It's not going to take us long. In Psalm 100, we're called to worship the Lord, number one, with a joyful shout. With a joyful shout. And I know what comes to our mind when we hear that. Oh, preacher, we don't want to get in here and start shouting and carrying on. We don't want to get too excited in here. And that's not what Jesus, God is talking about. Not coming in here and yelling and carrying on. No, it's about being reverent before God. It's the shout of loyalty to the one true living God. And that shout comes from deep within our hearts. Matthew 12 and 34 says this. Out of the abundance of the heart, what happens? The mouth speaks. Verse one of our text: Not only are we to worship the Lord with a joyful shout, but notice the phrase "all the earth." Notice the phrase "all the earth." Have you have you ever thought much about that? Well, I, I looked I looked at that a little bit this week, and I want to direct us to a couple of passages: Psalm sixty five. So if you'll turn back there to Psalm 65 and and look at this. Verse 13. The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys also are covered with grain. Listen to what they do. They shout for joy. They also sing. And then over in chapter 97 of... The book of Psalm 97, verse number 1 says, The Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice, let the multitude of islands, of, of isles be glad. All the earth, all the earth. That joyful shout, proclaiming the goodness of God. And can I take it a step further? Scripture tells us that it's to be done with others. You know those lone ranger Christians that, that, oh, I can worship at home all by myself. It'll be okay. And you know what? There's some truth to that. You can worship at home. We can worship God anywhere. uh, we, We are. But Scripture does teach us to worship together. Psalm 22, 22 says this, I will declare your name to my brothers. All right, get this. In the congregation, I will praise you. You see, as I read that, I couldn't help but think, as the psalmist was writing that, that he could not contain himself. He could not contain the love that he had for God. And he was testifying even among his brothers and friends in in the Lord right here in corporate worship of God's great grace and God's mercy. And can I say this to us? That excitement ought to be contagious. Think about it. Think about 82,000 football fans at University of South Carolina football game coming up in September. And when the Gamecocks run out of that tunnel with all of the, the smoke and all going, do you think those fans are just going to sit there and just sit there and just watch them come out? Oh, here come the Gamecocks. Boy, I hope they win today. No. It'll be so loud, you can literally hear that crowd all over Columbia, all over the city. And it's contagious. And when one gets up and and, and starts clapping, guess what? Somebody else stands up and begins to applaud and, and begins to get excited. And I think that's how Christianity ought to be, don't you? It ought to be contagious. Secondly, we're called to worship the Lord by serving with gladness. Serving with gladness in verse number two. Have you ever thought about what it means to be glad? My prayer is that I hope that you're glad that you're here today. I'm glad that I was able to get up out of bed today. It means that we're delighted and pleased and, and happy. It means that we're taking joy and pleasure in something. And as a Christian, our hearts must be filled With joy. With gladness. Which brings about service. Something else. We are to do as we worship. And how to worship. We are to worship the Lord. With joyful songs. With joyful songs. You you know. um, Our church is truly blessed. Wouldn't you think. Don't you think our church is truly blessed. And I want to take just a minute. I want to just take just a minute. I didn't ask permission to do this. And I'm going to do it anyway. These two people seated to my left, your right. What a blessing. What a blessing that we have an organist and a pianist that are here each week to play music. Could you imagine this worship service without that? I couldn't. I couldn't. I, I want to personally thank these two folks. For being a vital part of what God wants us to do when we come into this place of worship. What about the beautiful anthem that the choir sings each week? Could you imagine this service without that? No, I couldn't. Could you imagine the service without singing hymns? I couldn't. Could you imagine this service without Matt singing a solo every so often? I see Madison up there and Madison blesses our heart. As well and and so many others. Could you imagine worship without it? I can't. That's why God informs us. That we are to serve him with joyful songs. The choir sang about the cross today. I want to add something here. May we never forget. It's only because of the cross. That we can come before almighty God. With joyful songs. Make sense. It's only because of the cross of Christ. That we can come. With joyful songs. That he will receive. Fourthly we are called to. To worship the Lord because. He made us. He made us. We're not our own Church. We are His people, His sheep, according to verse 3. You know, there are many translations. And it, it's interesting, at the last worship committee meeting, uh, Mary Eppie brought up a great point about all these translations of God's Word and how, how words are left out and, you know, how we got to be careful that we don't deviate from the Word of God and, and get caught up in, in different translations sometimes. Did you know I looked at this verse in a couple of other translations that are well known? And they leave out, in my opinion, a very key part of this verse. Look at verse number 4 of Psalm 100. It says this. Verse 3. Know that the Lord, He is God. Some translations leave out this next part, church. They don't even have, it is he who has made us. They don't have it. It's not there in some translations. I'm reading from the New King James and I know King James has it. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. It says we are his sheep. He is the shepherd. Psalm 79, 13. So we... Your people and sheep of your pasture will give you thanks forever. We will, we will show forth your praise to all generations. Another verse in Psalm 95, 7, 4. He is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Fifthly, we are called to worship the Lord by entering his gates. With thanksgiving and his courts with praise. How do we come into worship? And we talked a little bit about this the last two Sundays. With thanksgiving and praise. We enter these doors. And we leave these doors each week. Being in his presence. In corporate worship among believers. we are call number six. To worship the Lord by giving thanks to Him. Giving thanks to Him. Gosh, I pray that each one of us never take for granted the things that God has given us. And that we will, each and every day of our lives, whether it be morning, noon, or night, or all three, give thanks to God. We're called to worship the Lord by praising His name in verse 4b. No one else, church, in all the world is worthy of such great praise. Psalm 92, verse 2 and 3 reads this way. To declare your loving kindness in the morning... In your faithfulness every night. On an instrument of ten strings. On the lute. On the harp. With harmonious sound. For you Lord. Have made me glad. Through your work. I will triumph. In the works. Of your hands. And lastly. This morning church. We are to worship the Lord. Because look at verse number five. Let's get this as we close. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. And as I thought about this week, I thought about the goodness of God. Have you ever thought about the goodness of God and just how good God is to us? And I, and I thought about this. That simply means that God's love cannot fail. You, you understand that? God's love cannot fail, church. Many things in this life fail, do they not? These old bodies fail. Our jobs may may cease to exist. Everything on this earth will fail, but God's love cannot fail. God's love is always, get this, always pure, infinitely deep. As I thought about that, I couldn't help but think about God's love is a love of sacrifice. For God so loved the world, what did he do? That he gave. What did he give? His son. For who? For you and for me. Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. John 15:13 Greater love has no one than this that one lay down his life for his friends. And as we conclude, I want to say this to us as we close. Psalm 100 has really spoken to my heart this week and I pray that it has today to you as well. It has shown me that we as Christians are called to worship God. And it tells us how to worship. God, and here's my prayer, church, for me, and here's my prayer for all of us as we have gathered together this morning. Is that our excitement for the Lord Jesus Christ will exceed, get this, will exceed the excitement of any sports event. now you think about it. You look at TV even today and you will watch a sporting event and you will see people going nuts in the crowd. You'll see it. And then you look at we believers sometimes and we all close mouth and don't want to tell anybody about Christ and what He's done in our life and how good He is to us. True worship comes from the heart. Will we shout for joy to the Lord? Will we give Him thanks? Will we praise His name? Will we serve Him with gladness? And you know what? We really don't have a choice if, if, if we're believers. We don't have a choice. We must do those things. Pray with me. Father, thank You for Your Word today. We thank You for this 100th Psalm. What a beautiful piece of Scripture it is. What a wonderful reminder it is to us. God, that as we worship you, God, you have called us to worship you. It's not something that we can do every so often. It's something that we must do daily. Lord, you call us to worship you corporately, together, as a body, each and every Lord's day. So God, challenge us as we leave this place today with these scripture verses. From Psalm 100. We pray in your name. Amen.